0: Welcome to the Sports Grad Podcast, where we empower you with the answers to your burning questions to accelerate your career into the sports industry. We are your hosts, Melbourne-based sports administrators, Ruben Williams and Ryan Walker. Join us as we share unique and personal examples as well as relatable information and deliver them to you in bite-sized, fluff-free episodes. Want to swipe our signature framework to add awesome experience to your resume? Download our free ebook Four Steps to Create Outstanding Work Experience in Sport, at sportsgrad.com.au. Now sit back, relax, enjoy the show, and don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss any of our latest episodes released every Tuesday and Thursday.
1: Rubes, I've been working full-time for almost three years now. And I guess for me, I always thought if I wanted to look and feel great, all I'd have to do is follow in your footsteps. So, you know, your cord pants, your raffler and shirt rm williams boots but then i realized i was wrong what i needed was just a clean and crisp shave from dollar shave club which made me feel awesome but look even better if you want to look and feel great head to dollarshaveclub.com.au slash sports grad because you can get your first starter set of blades and shave butter for just 15 dollars and ten dollars off your second delivery. You can find that link in our show notes as well. It is one of the better deals you'll find today. If you want to look and
0: feel amazing. Hello and welcome to Ryan Week on the Sports Grad Podcast. My name is Ruben Williams, and with me, as always, is the hopelessly devoted Ryan Walker. Hello, Ryan. How are you this week? Hello, Rubes. I'm feeling great
1: this week. Um, Ryan week which is that's a huge headline to start with and hopelessly devoted is also another but um no stoked to be here and really here because our head of market research India McKenzie recommended we do this episode so um, no very excited and yeah interested
0: to see what you can come up with as an interviewer should be good. It is a massive week and both of those titles are Completely appropriate for you, so I'm keen to to delve into this episode today and find out all about you. But firstly, thank you so much to you for listening, for being a part of the show, for downloading, getting involved. We really appreciate everyone who tunes in. If you are listening for the first time and you're thinking, what is this show? Who are these two guys? The Sports Grad podcast is your bite-sized guide to enter the sports industry. I myself am a graduate of Deakin University in Melbourne, and Ryan is a graduate of Notre Dame, Australia in Perth. A few years back, we made the jump into working at Cricket Australia together, and now our aim is to help you do the same in whatever way, shape or form that may be in the sports industry. For those who aren't aware, Ryan and I started at Cricket Australia on the same day in October three years ago. So to commemorate this momentous occasion, we are uncovering the top things we've learned from starting our careers inside an NSO. Last week I shared my reflection, which means this week the attention turns to Ryan. So strap yourself in, Ryan. All right. To get us started, we're just going to ease into things a bit. And one of the main reasons why people get to work in sport or want to work in sport is because there's a lot of unique opportunities. There's a there's the the novelty and the and the fun that comes with it. With um that you know is typically involved in being in sport. There's a whole lot of unique opportunities that you get thrown in the circumstances you find yourself in. So I want you to enlighten us to what does your your lunchtime look like? What goes on at a typical lunchtime at, within Cricket Australia? You're opposite the MCG. You're in the sporting capital of the world in Melbourne. What are what extracurricular activities are you getting up to during your lunchtime?
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a good question, Rose, and a very long winded one. Um, you took a, about a minute and a half to answer what I do with my lunch break. Um, but no, good question. It it's a it's a great sort to be in in, in Jollymont in Melbourne. Um, you know, you've got the MCG there, you've got Yarra Park, um, you know, th- there's lots of sort of things to do with your, with your lunch. I can't not mention uh, Bed's Good Cafe, um, Gianni, he, he'd be listening. I'd sort of come in there for a for a post-chicken roll every now and again. But I guess activities-wise, um, you know, we've got the, the MCG gym there when um, the Victorian... Men and women aren't, aren't training there, so that's always good. I, I think I've been there twice. Um, but I won't sort of say Jim is my main activity. Um always used to have you nagging and chomping at the bit to go have a hit of cricket in the nets. But I think anyone who knows me quite well uh would know that I'm not the not the most excited man when it comes to training in cricket. So um there's always those two. But I guess um one of the highlights was would Probably when um, when Precinct Games was on. You know, for for those that are listening, it's sort of uh, obviously there's a the sporting precinct of Melbourne there, um, around the MCG and you got your your cricket, you got your rugby tennis, um, you had Movember there, which was fantastic roofs. Um, but yeah, we basically played all sort of all sorts of sports to to crown the, the precinct games champions. That was always fun. Um, and then probably I remember the Movember run that we did Rouge, which I, which was, you know, incredible, really. Um, teams of four doing a lap of the G sprinting, uh, and I remember I vomited after that sprint, and I believe you won that race from from memory. But no, so many activities, um, and this is probably where you're going to say something about how you won the Movember race.
0: Well, I was I was part of the winning team, but one of the funny parts of that was that. I finished my lap and they said, we've got a new lap record for the Movember Precinct Games. And I was running second and then immediately after me were two other blokes, Andrew Bosley and Harry Tinney. And we were recording our own times on the side and whoever was recording said that Harry and Boz both recorded faster times immediately after me, but the Movember people didn't pick up on it. So, I held on to the record. (laughs) (laughs) And Boz would hate that too. Um.
1: Yes. He, yeah, he'd want to be on top. So I'm. I'm glad that you ran with that and not him. So good stuff.
0: Mm. When you first started, what was your um your experience like with the interview? And um, is there anything about that experience that you would change now looking back? Uh yeah, I, I think so. I
1: think so. <laughs> um, I guess my my first interview that I had, I was in the middle of exams uh, at RMIT. I Obviously, saw the role online that I really wanted, um, but I kind of went into it with a not a whole lot of expectation in a way. So essentially, it was a nothing to lose type opportunity. So, which should have meant that you know I prepared the best I could, but at the same time, I was I was probably flying a bit blind, and I just kind of had to be myself and just sort of share what I knew from a very limited. Um, Sort of experience standpoint. So, I guess from that, um, I did change a few things. In that, I've done two lots of interviews at CI in my time. Um, so, I guess my community interview, my sorry, my community cricket interview for my my first role, um, was probably a whole lot different to my interview for my commercial role now. In that, I was able to sort of be a bit more prepared and more structured. In a way that I could really explain the work that I'd done in previous years. So, um, the my first interview, I was really going off volunteer experience and, and some other work that I'd done on in part time roles and things like that. So, um, I guess I was able to sort of pick to pick the um, the the PD to pieces, I guess, and sort of make it work for me. So find what they're looking for and relate that back to my experience um, in my second interview that is so um, yeah the first one I guess I just wasn't as
0: structured and um, and prepared I guess you could say so yeah. Well, we do like to mention that we started on the same day three years ago and it's it's a beautiful story but unfortunately we were separated by buildings I was up at 60 Jollymont you were down at 128 Jollymont and um, we had a very different looking first six months so I'm keen to hear about what was the first six months like for you down at the uh, community cricket centre, and what was it like walking to a brand new organisation? If you had to share one big learning that you took away from that period, what would it be? Biggest
1: learning is a it's a tough one. Um, I guess one of the like when I look back at the first six months, i I think I, I struggled a little bit in sort of actually believing that I. Belong, I belong at this organization. Like, it's so hard because I I kind of saw the role and thought, oh, my God, you know, that that's, that's an incredible opportunity. Go for it. And it all really happened quickly. And I guess you, you're walking in, you're like, wow, you know, should I even be here? Do I deserve this? Um, and I guess the, like the thing about any job when you first start is like the first six months is probably the most crucial to sort of figuring yourself out and figuring out what your role is. Um. So yeah, I, I'm. I'm. Re- I'm certain that I. You know, I struggled a bit in sort of believing that I belong there, and um, and th- those kind of things. What I sort of learned um, and uh, probably maybe two things. I think number one is like you have to you have to be confident in some way, and I like um, I like how you. I think you mentioned a couple of episodes, Rubes. Sort of like the lose your entitlement. Piece. Um, So I think it's really important to have confidence, but not entitlement. There's a difference in what um, those two things are. Um, So you need to be confident in order for people to sort of believe in what you're about and have confidence also in you that you can do the role that you you've been given. So yeah, looking back, that was probably something that I feel like I picked up maybe the back end of that six months, but. Absolutely, at the start, <laughs> the the confidence levels were very low. I can assure you, um, but at the same time, I think probably made up for that in excitement because I was working at Cricket Australia, and this is the most amazing thing ever. So you're giving 150 percent at whatever you're doing. But um, probably the maybe the second one is just really, and and this is probably part of any um, any role in the first six months is just learning the process. To do things and sort of how your role contributes to the end result. So, in that, it's not just knowing what the task is that you've got to do, it's sort of who to speak to about what and like get down packed on who does what around the department. There's a sort of, there's nothing worse than sort of knowing what your role is, but you don't know what the person next to you does or um, how the whole result comes together. So, I think there's something in sort of really doing your, your work on getting to know people not only personally but how their role impacts you and and how you do that Um, and it can come down to those basic things but simply just mapping out what the process is to do something that can be like how to process an invoice or it can be you know how to organize stump stickers like it's it's really simple but knowing exactly what the process is um is probably something that i'd recommend people doing from the get-go
0: yeah, awesome. I think that first point is is so relatable for a lot of people. And I know it's something I definitely felt when I started as well. And I think it can be a bit of a hurdle that some people feel before they even get into the interview, they can kind of let the um, the aura of the organisation get the better of them and, you know, impact them through a job interview um, and allow it to kind of hold them back. So you're, you're not alone in, in feeling that. And I think your second point around, understand the process but knowing who's doing what around you is super important and um, I read something the other day actually that refer that talked about how if you're a manager you'd prefer to have someone working for you who knows where to find the information rather than have the information themselves and he kind of compared the roles to um, I think one he referenced as an encyclopedia. And the other person is the person who you know who leverages the encyclopedias around them. So, people would rather hire someone who knows where to find the information than an encyclopedia, because you, you can buy an encyclopedia for three hundred bucks. He said. He said, someone who is who's got the specialist knowledge, I wouldn't pay more than you know whatever a three hundred you know three hundred bucks for an encyclopedia. But mm. those people who know how to find the emotion, find the information are, are priceless.
1: Yeah. Well, and if you think about it, like. I'm not a specialist in everything across the business. So, why should I think that I'll know the answers to everything? If you know, and that's kind of what I mean with who does what, it enables you to mm. find the answers to things. So, if you can figure that out, you'll soon know a lot more stuff because, you know, you mm. know who
0: to speak to <laughs> and they're a specialist in that area. So, um, yeah. yeah. 100%. I think particularly for your role because... You've got so many different things to deliver on for a commercial partnership that sit in all different departments. Um, you've got to be, you know, one of the best people at finding information because, you know, the, the sponsors are paying massive amounts of money to um, for you to do it. <laughs> yeah, well, I think it's definitely relevant for me now, you know, being in,
1: a, in the commercial team, you, you basically have touch points with every single part of the business. But in a more broader sense, I think any entry-level role that you go into, you're going to be... That, that's kind of what's expected. Like you kind of know a broad a broad base of what happens in the business. So, um, yeah, having that knowledge only helps for, for any junior role. Um, and, you know, it's bigger for some roles than others and it's it's absolutely crucial for the one I'm in now. Um, but, yeah, taking the time to,
0: to figure that one out is... Probably a little trick for young players, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, when you applied for that role, did you know what you were getting yourself into? And um, I was wondering if you could share a couple of the different activities that were involved in that in that job. Yeah, I um, I absolutely didn't. Oh, actually, no, that's probably that's
1: probably bad to say. I, I knew essentially what I was getting <laughs> into, but um, I guess I probably saw the role, and you know, the title was club development and volunteers officer, so. Um, For me, I'd moved to Melbourne probably, you know, four or five months previously and before that I'd volunteered in my cricket club for about two years. So, I guess like that title in itself kind of lent the hand to me. I was like, okay, perfect. Well, I know what this is and fantastic. I've volunteered. I probably know everything about community cricket. Um, But you soon realise that that certainly (laughs) isn't the case when you walk into um, a beast that is... um, you know, Cricket Australia, like the community team there does a whole lot more than what you see, um, and what you sort of acknowledge as a volunteer. There's so many strings to the bow. So, um, I guess I, I kind of knew what I was getting into, but I soon realized I, I didn't and I had a lot, lot to learn. But, um, in terms of like my role, it, it was sort of very much a like operational support, um, admin role. So, um, Main set of things were like um, club communications. So obviously we sent EDMs out each month. So how how can we support the cricket community in in delivering cricket at the most basic point? Um, but also how can we deliver programs from a national organisation down to states, down to the community to to make that experience better for volunteers and for players? So I really just supported a lot of those projects. Um, did a bit of work with our sort of national championships, so your Indigenous champs, your ID champs, your, um, your country championships, all those kind of things, so um, a lot of work with that. Um, and then also probably just trying to find efficiencies in club land, so how, how can we make the volunteer's job easier? Because um, in the world we live in now, there's so many things happening, people have less time, what can we do to to make the job a bit easier for you so that you can run your club and and spend more time enjoying it? Um, so things like online registration live scoring those kind of things trying to drive them as much as we could so um yeah that was kind of my role um
0: from the get-go i know uh, a lot of the folks at um our local cricket club have been loving the live scoring so i'm sure they've been i hope they've been thanking you for all your great work in saving them hours of volunteer time plugging in the stats each weekend no by no means was it me at I have to say it's probably the work of uh, James Burke
1: who's a, who's a superstar um, in the community cricket team driving live score, but it actually is that good. And I'm not just saying that because I've worked in it, but like, for me, and Reeves, I'll, I'll tell you this right now, I hate um, when Jack tells me to score when I'm down at the H grade Wycliffe team. Um, because it's genuinely, it's actually stressful to do and you don't want to miss anything. So, get your iPad out and bang, 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 it's
0: done. So, yeah, a little cheeky plug there, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> we love my cricket and all things stats. Yeah, you do. Um, we do. We mentioned earlier that whilst we started on the same day, we were separated by two different buildings for a number of years and then fast forward to uh, probably around this time last year, you land a secondment in the commercial team and end up on the desk literally right next to me, which was an incredible period. I was wondering if you can tell us a bit about what were some of the differences between, you know, your role in community cricket working with the amazing live scoring team to what you do now. Yeah. So, um,
1: no, that was a very interesting time. I remember I actually asked you about the role. And you said, Oh, well, I'm chief of the seating plan. So part of the lure was, of course, <laughs> you being in charge of the seating plan. And wow, who, who would have thought that I'd be seated right next to you? So, um, a like, good effort with that. Um, but no, I guess the like the roles were completely different. Like it's just a complete set of, of new things to learn. Um, and yeah, that, that's a common opportunity. Um, presented itself um, and that really did that interest kind of grew from you know a couple of meetings that we'd had with our commercial team um, as the community team on just sort of how our partners can better support community cricket um, and that really just kind of sparked an interest for me um, across the board so doing a little more research and all those kind of things speaking to a few people that kind of thought hey this this could be something for me and um, but yeah, sort of first, like you you get in there for the first time, and I it was a really like it was a special time for me because I kind of felt like I was back at school in a way, like when like you're really just grasping at any opportunity to learn, and like that that's what a socoman is, right? Like you, you're going to learn a, a whole new job in a whole different department, and you're just looking to soak up anything you can. So, um. Yeah, I'd kind of gone like similar in a way because like my role in community cricket was very much um, there to support state staff in their roles to deliver our sort of community programs. So, I'd kind of switched from from that to supporting our team and sort of our commercial partners directly. So, yeah, it was very different in that sense. I'd, I'd kind of shifted into, um, you know, the the action a little bit. I don't know if, if that's the right word to use, but, you know, the the stuff that happens at match that you see on TV, you can kind of see where that has come from. Um, all from, all, like, literally from the stumps you see, you see the sponsor on the stumps, you see the signage around the, the ground, you see the grass signage as well, um, all the way to sort of ticketing and hospitality and all these different things. Um kind of come from from this team which was really amazing to to see and that's kind of goes back to my point before about having touch points with all different departments at, at CA. You know, we're talking to, to everyone really to deliver what our commercial partners um, are trying to get out of cricket and um, trying to leverage that partnership is, is really fun and it, it can be, you know, it can be tough at times but it's also really rewarding so... No, the, the two roles were completely different, but, yeah, it, it was a new challenge and
0: re- really fun to, to get that opportunity. So, um, yeah. It's very cool to see some of the content that comes back from um, some of the Cricket Australia WhatsApp groups after you've been working at a match. But um, when you are working at a live event, anything can can happen at, at any time. So I'm wondering in your experience, what are some of the moments that you've been caught up in that you couldn't possibly have planned for? Um, I mean, like, sort of. By no means am I
1: an expert in the in the at match experience. Um, but I think a couple of things <laughs> have stood out over my time and being in a couple of matches, and I guess the first one for me was like, growing up, I I don't think I ever like was ever able to watch a full day of cricket because you know it's um, well, it's awesome, but also like as a young God, be sort of doing different stuff, and it seems like it's a long day, like a lo- long day of cricket. And um, you know, we that's why we love test cricket. But you think that you're going to have all the time in the world to be able to prepare and and also deliver what you need to on the day. But you sort of realise that each session doesn't actually go for that long when you need to trek around the, the stadium, um, collect people to to do certain things. All of a sudden, the time gets away from you. So. I reckon every single game I've kind of been rushing at the very end, like it's it's hard to sort of see where the time goes. Um, I certainly found um, it, it's not actually easy to navigate your way through stadiums, like it, even though you may have been to the MCG 200 times, you still don't know how to get un- underground and get, you know, up what lift to go to, all that kind of thing. So... It's always a, it's a rush and, you know, one thing sort of stands out was last year I, um, I was flying back from Perth um, after Christmas for the Boxing Day test. Um, we had a, a boundary walk that we were running with a few, one of our partners had a, a few um, guests that they had so we had to run a boundary walk. Um, and, you know, you say you're going to meet here at a certain time and you do but you don't account for the 100,000 people that are dressed like them, uh, sort of looking to get in the ground at the same time. So, that was incredibly difficult trying to get a group of people through the crowd into the stadium, underneath, onto the ground all within a sort of 20-minute time span. Um, But also, I reckon, and we've spoken about this at length and um, it involves, again, our beloved Wycliffe Cricket Club. But I think last year it was the Adelaide Test Match and, um, there was a partner activation taking place, and obviously we're we're looking towards the crowd and who would be there. But four of our most cherished life cricketers are absolutely yelling abuse at me from from the sideline, and me sort of trying not to look at them and even acknowledge their existence. So no one actually thinks that they're yelling at me, and that was also pretty good for a for a young guy at his first Test match, just trying to do his job. Um, so yeah. Thanks to those gents. I won't name them. Um, but, yeah, they'll be listening, so they know. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, um, that was probably a very long answer to that question. Um, but, no, like there's there's a lot you can't plan for. I guess all you have to do is, and what I've been taught to do, is plan as much as you can up until the minute um, and always give yourself a bit of buffer at each at each side of things. So, um, but, no. Nothing. Always, nothing always goes exactly to plan. You just have to be able to adapt to it the best you can.
0: I love to see the the Wycliffe boys putting the pressure on someone in a in a secondment with no guarantee of a future job down the track. Yeah, they're it, trying to it learn was, it on learn it for the first time. It was great. Um, I felt really great about it. So yeah, thanks, boys. <laughs> so since then, what are some of the things that you didn't expect before you got to CA? I guess when I first started,
1: I didn't – I had no idea what to expect. Um, I was just at awe at the fact that, you know, it's Cricket Australia, like holy holy moly. Um, But I I guess I reckon you may have answered a similar question last week, Rose, but like the normality of people, like at the end of the day, they're just people like you and I trying to do a great job um, and – you quickly find that out like you don't you have all these expectations when you walk in the door like oh my god oh my god like you know um are people like looking at me What, what like what's going on and you, i reckon i was like a little bit frazzled when i first walked in because you don't you don't know what everyone's about and and whatnot so um no I quickly find that everyone's there um and they're, they're all just doing a job just like you and i just like the next punter so it's um that's a pretty good realisation when you do notice that. So, I think anyone should go in with that mindset for any job. Like, it's it's no different um, to, to any other sort of job that is trying to play their role. Um, but also, probably just everybody just loves sport and and has that passion for sport and, and doing a great job to deliver what they need to deliver. Um, like, I, I honestly think and I, I've... Mentioned this before, like I don't think you can work in sport unless you have some level of passion for what you're doing, and yeah, the level of passion across the organisation is there to see. Like everyone loves cricket and everyone wants to see it do well, um, and I guess yeah, you've got to you've got to harness that. Like oh, like I and I, I think probably because like I was so so excited when i got that role because you know i've grown up with cricket all my life and you know all the way to playing backyard with my brother to you know hitting the hitting the ball out and my dog chasing it that like those kind of things stick in your mind and when you you're in that organization you you definitely like don't just forget about where that passion's come from um so you know you've, you've got to pinch yourself sometimes when you walking into work how lucky you are but um, yeah for me like you can just see how passionate people are about what they do uh, which is actually awesome to be around Um, you know I couldn't imagine being in a role where you you kind of know that everyone around you don't really care like that that just doesn't happen everyone everyone cares and um, sometimes we we care too much
0: which is (laughs) which is tough but um, yeah that's probably the two learnings for me. I love your second point around how so many people within the organization are extremely passionate. And I remember one story about uh, one of the video journalists who's in the digital team about his interview and he got asked, why do you love cricket? And his response was, I just love the sound that the bat makes when it strikes a ball. And... He was a bloke who went on to create the video of Virat Kohli in the nets at the Adelaide Oval, which got millions and millions and millions of views. Um, but, you know, that sort of video only comes to fruition if you've genuinely got a passion for for what you're doing. Um, so, to walk into an organization with so many like-minded people like that is, is a pretty incredible thing. And I think um, your first point around, um, you know, it's just normal people in – in an organisation doing regular jobs, I think for someone who's not yet in a uh, full-time work or not in the organisation yet um, but does look up to an organisation such as Cricket Australia with, you know, wide eyes and is a bit intimidated by that um, and lets that get the better of them and, and impact their confidence that they show within a job interview, I think that's a really great point to, to remember so that you can go into those interviews with confidence and you know deliver the best interview possible, and and if you need an answer about why you love cricket, then you can you can take that one from the video journalist <laughs> loving the sound of bat on ball. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I think there's some great things that I, you've learned. I think as well, and I don't know if we were on the
1: in the onboarding together with with Bowser Nathan Bower Bowser, great man.
0: Um, mm. But I remember, I remember we we, we did the. We did the session down the MCG doing blind cricketers, like, a get to know you activity.
1: Yeah, yeah. But, yeah,
0: and it was awesome. But I
1: remember one of the activities we
0: had to do was,
1: like, just chat about our like, our experience with cricket. And by no means did you have to have that, which was great. Like, not everyone who works there is going to love cricket from the get-go and you don't have to love cricket. That's totally fine. Um, but I remember seeing so you had to bring in, like, a photo of, you and cricket and what that means to you. Um, and mm-hmm. the variety that came in was so awesome. Like oh, I think I had a photo of it was on my front lawn uh, with my brothers and um, my best mates up the road playing a game of cricket basically on the road at our in, on our front lawn. And it was just like, like that was mine. But there were so many out there that made it really awesome. Um and that I kind of just shows, you know,
0: how people how people care. Um, but yeah, it was, it was it was good. I do that does come to mind now, and um, I think the photo that I brought was a photo of the Wycliffe Cricket Club, He's standing in front of a party bus, getting prepared to make the trek out to Wheeler's Hill for a fourth eleven grand final. And um, that photo just kind of encapsulated what sort of community. Um, cricket can create so Ryan you've now been there for three years you're a bit of a veteran now what would you tell yourself if you were starting a A veteran you're a a young buck (laughs) you got the the body of a young buck but the mind of a veteran (laughs) but what would you tell yourself if you were starting your first job at Cricket Australia today
1: Hmm, it's a, it's a good question. Um I think probably maybe going back to to what I mentioned before, I won't go on about that again. But yeah, just having that confidence and and not having an ounce of entitlement, I think, is really important. Um you're not owed anything, you you just you're walking into a new organization, be confident in your ability, but don't think you you own anything or you, you're entitled to anything. I think it's really important. Um I think there's a couple of like Cliche ones, you know, just, just knowing you, knowing your stuff and then being really curious. Um, but I guess what a couple actually come to mind and maybe one is sort of patience is a virtue. Um, you know, just take the time to get to know what you're doing and, and who you're working with. You know, it's so, it's so crucial to get to know who you're working with on a, on a personal level, but also, you know, where their role fits into fits into the organization, so um, and, and and don't be don't be scared about that. Like just because you're a, you're a, you know an entry level role, um, it doesn't mean that you can't get to know anyone on on any sort of level. So it would be that one, um, but also I guess just like acknowledging the fact that like like work is like a genuine roller coaster. Hey, like you, you're never gonna ever have just constant highs, highs, highs. Like you're always going to go up and down, up and down, up and down and that is something that I've absolutely learnt in the three years that I've been working full-time and this doesn't even relate to to Cricket Australia. This is just purely from a a life point of view and and work point of view. Um, But there's just going to be times when you won't – you're not going to have a choice. Like something just needs to be done and you either have to take that and run with it or you just fall over Um, and you have to be – comfortable in yourself to just say, all right, that's it. I'm gonna make a call here and do it and just get it done. Um when it might not suit. It's never it's never just gonna be an easy, easy task day in, day out. There's always gonna be things that just don't go your way. Um so it's really all about how you can like how you respond to when you're on your low, because there's gonna be there's gonna be lows on the way. So um yeah getting confident with with the roller coaster i think is probably a
0: good one to to take forward (laughs) that's a sensational advice and i i described you earlier as hopelessly devoted and i think that's entirely accurate based on what you just shared with us there because you can't get through some of those hard days unless you are hopelessly devoted and i'm talking about your job of course (laughs) (laughs) but that's all we've got time for today um I wish Ryan week could happen every week. I've thoroughly enjoyed yeah. hearing more about it, you. It has been good. And
1: yeah, when India came to us with the idea, um, I sort of laughed straight away. Um, but then when she said the fans, you know, needed to hear this, I was like, oh, well, okay then, w- whatever, Roos. um, whatever, Indy, all good. Um, but no, it has been good, mate. Like, we don't really yarn too much about this kind of stuff like we just kind of talk talk a bit of crap and reminisce sometimes but um no it has been good sort of thinking back on the last three years it's absolutely zoomed um i don't know about you but it's gone very very quickly um Mm. but yeah it's it's been
0: good yeah no absolutely has has flown flown by um couple of things that I took away from, from listening today that I didn't know before this chat was um, I thought it was really useful for other people who haven't worked inside Cricket Australia or any organisation for that matter to actually understand how you felt within the first six months and having those feelings of being unsure that you belong. And sometimes that can creep into people's minds before they even get the job, which impacts them when they're in an interview. So to understand that those are the kind of real things that go on and how you overcame them was was really useful. Um some of the stuff that you've been involved in at match is, is fascinating, and some of it I feel sorry that you had to go through. But then some <laughs> of the other parts are some of the other parts are extremely cool and extremely unique, and part of the reason why so many people love to work in sport to get those opportunities at match. And then your tips around making sure that you are the person who knows to get knows how to get the information, I think, is is super useful because, as you said, like you, you don't have specialist knowledge in any one particular area because, but your partners needs knowledge in all these different areas. So you've got to make sure you can get every single bit of that. And that's what I think you are extremely good at. So thank you for giving us an insight into, into your role and reflection on the last three years. Um, do you want to, uh, do you want to close out the show? I know you threw me on the bus <laughs> last week <laughs> unprepared. So I might yeah. throw it back at you. This is, this is on you to say goodbye. Well, the other thing
1: with this is i I taught Kath how to do it the other week. Um, so I guess I can do it again, Rubes. Um, but no, thank you again, mate. It was really good fun. Um, and we'll see, um, see how many, uh, listens this gets, but, uh, thank you very much for listening. Uh, a reminder to please hit subscribe if you haven't already. So you don't miss any of these episodes, um, like this one. Hopefully not much more of me comes on this but please leave us a review um, get in touch on insta um, let us know um, anything you like what you want to see um, it really does mean so much and and helps us put together the show um, each and every week so thanks a
0: lot thank you for tuning into this episode of the sports grad podcast if you need help with your sports career head to sportsgrad.com.au and download our free ebook today and if you've enjoyed the episode please give us a tag on socials at sportsgrad